Good morning. Please open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we'll be looking at verses 22 and 23. Today is what we call a family service. Uh, We do not dismiss the children for Sunday school during this time. They stay in with us for the sermon, and I try to make the sermon a little more kid-friendly, more accessible, and try to keep it also a little bit shorter. Um, And we've been going through the fruits of the Spirit as part of our family services. We have them once a quarter. Uh, We've already talked about love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, and today we're going to be talking about goodness. Goodness. And so I'll define that a little bit, then we'll talk about what that is and how that's done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit, which indwells every believer. And we ask, Lord, that that your spirit would bring out these fruits in our lives. Help us to understand them, understand the virtue of each of them. And help us to uh, not resist your spirit's work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Galatians chapter 5, starting verse 22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And that last little phrase there is my favorite part of it. Against such things there is no law. Why don't you just be good? There's no law against it. Why don't you just do what the Spirit asks you to do? There's no law against it. Before this and previous to this in the passage... He talks about uh, the things that uh, the sinful nature brings forth. And all those things are terrible things. Why would you want your life to be characterized by those things? Why not have your life characterized by the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, Today we're going to be looking at goodness. Uh, And what is goodness? And in some of the study that I did, um, it's not just being good, it's, it's actually going beyond, going beyond what is necessary, going the extra mile, in fact, uh, is what goodness here is talking about. Being good, but uh, not just being good, being more than good, being, um, doing more than what is expected. Uh, and, and actually, that is a, a huge part of um, the message that Jesus had. In, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, there's so much um, that he shows about being good and, and doing more than what is what is necessary. Uh, in fact, that phrase, going the extra mile, comes from the Sermon on the Mount. If somebody compels you to carry their stuff for them a mile, um, then go two miles. You know, whatever they, they're trying to bully you into doing, go beyond it and show uh, that there's love in your heart, that there's goodness in your heart, that you'll do, do more than what is expected um, in the in the Sermon on the Mount, he also talks about when people ask of you and they need a loan from you, uh, loan them. Loan them more than they asked for and don't ask for it back, that kind of a thing. You know, anybody uh, anybody can just give a loan and expect it back with interest, but you shouldn't do that. You should go the extra mile. You should be a, a kinder lender. In fact, not so much a lender as just a giver. Uh, so there's so much in the uh, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talks about being good and going the extra mile and doing more than what is asked of you, doing more than what is required of you. And when you do that, you really do set yourself apart. And you show that the Spirit of God is in you, and that the Spirit of God is compelling you uh, to do more, to do more. And so for me, you know, when I look at my life and I, 
I think about my life and how I behave and the things that I do. I just wonder, why don't I do that? Why don't I go the extra mile? Why don't I go the extra mile with my wife? Why do I just do the minimum or, or, or barely meet expectations uh, when um, my wife really needs a husband who goes the extra mile? Why, why don't I do that? Why do I, why do I say, love you? Instead of just saying, I really love you. I love you so much. You're so wonderful. You're so, you know, our relationship is so secure uh, because I love you so much. Something like that. Why, why do I just kind of, uh, just kind of flippantly say, love you, see you later, or something like that when I could say, I love you and I'll miss you all day long? Because that's the truth. Uh, and why don't I say that? Why don't I do that? Why don't I do more with my kids? Why do I only read the, the book as fast as I can so I can get through it? Why don't I, um, Put more emotion into it. Put more wonder into everything that I do with them. Why do I just try to um, just just bathe them as fast as I can, get them in bed as fast as I can, so that they can uh, be uh, you know you know so the house can be quiet as fast as possible, or something like that. Why don't I go the extra mile? Why do Why do I just say because I said so instead of really talking to them about um, the things that I want them to do and the kind of people that I want them to be? Why Why don't I do that? And even as a pastor of this church, why don't why do I I don't know, and and maybe it might be shocking for you to hear this, but even in my job here, I'm tempted sometimes to just do the minimum. Why do I do just the minimum on uh, maybe sermon preparation? Why do I just kind of check a check a, a a commentary and then just start writing or something like that? Why don't I do uh, the extra stuff? And why am I tempted to um, put off? certain visits or something in the next day or just visit the minimum amount of time or something like that. Why do I do the minimum? And you probably have the same thing uh, as a, a child towards your parent. Why do you do the, the minimum of what your parent asks or expects? As a parent, why do you do the minimum that is good for your kid? As a worker, why do you do the minimum that is required by the boss and, and the minimum that is required to keep the company afloat? Uh, why not do more? Why not do more in all of those areas? Why do, why not do more for your child? Why not go the extra mile in spending time with them and talking about them? You won't regret it. Why not go the extra mile with your parent and do more than your parent expects? I, I promise you, if you do more than what your parent expects, you'll have more freedom. You'll have more privileges. You'll get to borrow the car more or something like that. If you do more than what is expected of you, there will be a greater trust for you. You'll actually have a greater freedom. You think it's a greater uh, enslavement or something, but it's actually a greater freedom when you do those kinds of things. Um, at work, um, when you do what is good for the company and good for the boss, it actually will come back and visit you. I fully believe that, that if you do what is good for the company, if you go beyond what is good for the company and do everything you can for the strength of the company, then your job is more secure um, and you may even get uh, raises more more often. And then as a church member, uh, why do we often do the minimum? Why not do more? Why not invest more in the life and health and strength of our church? Or even as a neighbor, why not do more with your neighbors, for your neighbors? Why not be a, a better neighbor than what is expected? You know, as a neighbor, you're expected to keep it down and keep your grass mowed. But what if you did more than that? What if you did more? What, what if you were a kinder neighbor? What if you were a more generous neighbor? Um, why not do that? You know, the world 
teaches us to fight for our rights and, hey, why should they expect so much of us and blah, 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 blah. But what if we went beyond? We would set ourselves apart. We would be different. And people say, why are you different? Um, And the reason we would be different if we did those things is because God is different. God is not like the world. Uh, God is not like the people of the world. God is good. God is generous. And it's true that God uh, has more energy and more resources than all of us. And so maybe he can afford to be better or he can afford to do more good. But the fact is, if we work in his empowerment, if we work in his strength and his, uh, with his generosity, we actually uh, can be as good as he empowers us to be. Have you even prayed that God would empower you and strengthen you and give you the energy to be as good as he wants you to be? Uh, maybe your rest will be more restful at night. Maybe you will be so exhausted that you will really fall asleep instead of staying awake, uh, worrying, and staring at the ceiling. Um, the thing is, God himself exhibits this goodness in amazing ways. Uh, God didn't just create a world. He created earth. So life-giving in every way possible. And when he created us people, he didn't just put us in the world. The world is fruitful. The world produces. The good earth produces everything that we need. But he didn't just put us in the world. He put us in the garden. A garden that he planted that was already abundant, already fruitful, already teeming with life uh, and things that would sustain us. And when we were rebellious, he didn't just give us mercy. He gave us salvation. And when we needed to hear from him, he didn't just give us a prophet or a priest or a king to govern us in our rebellion. No, he gave us himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, more than a prophet. Jesus, more than a priest. Jesus, more than a king. He gave us himself uh, approachable in the tangible person of Jesus Christ. And he didn't just give us redemption, he gave us sonship, adoption, uh, so that we're not just restored as a a creation of his, we're restored to a higher level, to a a sonship, an adoption. And he doesn't just give us eternal life, he gives us resurrection. We're not just spirit beings floating around in heaven forever, he gives us eternal life in a resurrection body with him in heaven for all of eternity. So he sets the example for us for what it means to go beyond. He sets the example for us for what it means to do more, be more generous, uh, and have greater holiness even. So how do we do that? How do we do that as a child, as a parent, as a worker, as a church member, as a neighbor? What do we do? Well, in each situation, you'll have to pray and think about it and look at it. But, you know, just uh, as a child toward your parent, what can you do? Uh, what can you do to uh, to go the extra mile and to be better and to be good? Uh, well, you know the easiest thing is just to um, clean your room. Just clean your room. Just just organize, separate your laundry or something like that. Put your laundry in the hamper. Do something like that. And if you're older, do a load of laundry yourself. Uh, fold a load of laundry. Put a, away a load of laundry. It won't hurt you to touch your parents' underwear. They touch yours all the time. Uh, it won't hurt you to mow the lawn. It won't hurt you to clean up things. It won't hurt you to just sort of organize things. When you look at the chaos of everything in the living room, uh, just sort of clear away things and put them in little neat little piles and, and make, make it to where there's a place to, for people to sit or something like that. Um, as a parent towards your child, what can you do? 
instead of just blowing off their questions or um, doing the minimum for their care and for their upbringing. Make sure that you schedule time, spend time. I don't care if they roll their eyes or not. Schedule the time, make the time to talk to them and tell them exactly who you want them to be. Um, don't just assume that they know right conduct. Know how you want them to behave and why. Um, give them give them all the information that they need because I, I promise you, actually, your children do want to please you. They really do want to please you. They just don't know how. And if you will... Um, put away your electronics and, and just talk to them and tell them why. Uh, they'll actually be very appreciative of that. And at work, if you will do more for your boss, do more for the company. Uh, and a lot of that is just organizing and cleaning, but a lot of times it's having a little bit of foresight, getting things kind of organized on your desk and um, making sure that uh, everything is running smoothly. If you see something that's about to happen to, that will cause a lot of problems, stop it. Stop it. Make sure that things can run fairly efficiently. Because uh, every time you can save the company money, you're actually saving your paycheck. Maybe even saving your own job. As a church member, you know, you see around here things that need to be done. Things that need to be fixed. Things that need to be cleaned. Things that need to be put away. Uh, you can do those kinds of things, but actually what we really need around here is is for church members to look at each other and say, hey, I see a struggling person. I'm going to go talk to that person. Hey, I see somebody who has suffered a loss recently. I'm going to go write that person a card, visit that person, provide something for that person. I'm going to do something for that person. I'm not just going to tell the, the pastor or somebody else in leadership so that they know that it needs to be done. I'm going to do it myself. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of any time somebody says, you know what, because well, I, I hear about it from time to time. Hey, I went to visit this person the other day. I had lunch with this person. I had tea or coffee or something with this person the other day, and I talked to them. And I always appreciate it because that means I know that everybody here is getting cared for. Uh, as our church grows, um, myself, the leadership of this church, we can't do it all uh, just ourselves. Everybody has to see themselves as being a caregiver and, and see themselves somewhat as clergy. So that even you, you'll say, hey, is that my job or not? Uh, is that the clergy's job or not? I'm not really sure. Uh, I can tell you right now, yes, it is your job. It is your job to go out, love somebody, talk to somebody, help somebody, care for somebody, encourage somebody, pray for somebody. It is your job. Uh, and if we can all give care as much as possible, then we'll be a healthier church. Uh, and as a neighbor, what can you do? Well, uh, there, there's a great book that I read recently about neighboring. And there was a guy in it who said he, he had a neighbor uh, in, in, in down the street, and the house was looking pretty bad, looking pretty ratty. And the lawn was, uh, was high, and there was a broken-down car in the driveway, and it was pretty bad. And he was actually thinking about calling the Neighborhood Association. He was thinking about calling the Neighborhood Association. And uh, instead of doing that... Thankfully, he gossiped a little bit. He talked to another neighbor, said, hey, what, what about this house? What are we going to do? What, what, what's, what's going on there? And the neighbor said, oh, isn't it a terrible story? Uh, it's a, a single woman, and her mother is um, in the final stages of her life, and she's had to move in with her, and the lady had to quit her job, and she's really having hard times, and her car broke down and everything, and she doesn't even have time to mow her lawn. Isn't it just terrible? And the guy said, wow. He just realized, wow, what a jerk I would have been if I had called the Neighborhood Association and gotten her a, a stern warning or something like that that she needs to clean up her house. Uh, so instead, instead of doing that, he was able to be Christ-like. And he organized several other neighbors to come over 
and they jacked up her car, found out what was wrong with it, fixed it, mowed her lawn, fixed a shutter uh, that was hanging off the side, and uh, brought some meals, and everybody joined in a little bit in the in the caregiving, and instead of being a jerk, and instead of arguing and complaining about a neighbor, and tried, instead of trying to get a neighbor in trouble with the homeowners association, um, they were actually able to show the love of God, show the love of Christ to a person who was really in need. And uh, the guy really just couldn't believe, you know, here he was a Christian, and yet his first instinct was to just think the worst, do the worst, do the least, uh, and just complain when it was actually a huge opportunity for ministry. And so let's be those kinds of neighbors. Let's be those kinds of parents. Let's be those kinds of children. Let's be those kinds of workers. Let's be those kinds of church members. Let's go the extra mile. In, uh, uh, in Back in April, when it was Passover season, we had Levi and uh, come and, and lead us in a Passover Seder. And part of the Passover Seder, uh, there's this this place where they, they um, recite a word, and the word in Hebrew is dayenu. Dayenu, and dayenu means it would have been enough. It would have been enough. This was, this was enough. This was, um, this was generous. This was enough. This was um, the more than the minimum standard, and yet God went beyond it. And they just, in the, in the Seder, they talk about God... Um, choosing them, seeing them through the time of slavery, saving them out of slavery, giving them the law, and sending them into the promised land, uh, and all of these things, they just say, you know, if he'd have just, if he'd have just done this, it would have been enough. But he went beyond that. God went beyond everything. And so I'm going to kind of lead us in a little time of of saying the Dianu uh, in a Christian way, um, and so. What I want, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of say something. And there'll be a blank, and I want everybody to kind of say it with me. The Dayenu, okay. Uh, so, for example, the first one: If He had just created us, Dayenu, but He made us in His image. He went beyond what was necessary. He created us; we're nice, conscious beings, but He did more than that. He made us in His image. We actually share something with Him. His thumbprint on is on all of our lives. If he had just put us in Hawaii, Dayenu, but he put us in the Garden of Eden. If he had just ignored us when we sinned, Dayenu, but he chose to institute his plan of salvation. If he had forgiven us by the sacrifice of bulls and goats, Dayenu, but he sent his own son to die on the cross for our sins, a much better sacrifice. If he had just forgiven us and forgotten about us, Dayenu, but he restored our relationship with him. If he had given us a hundred more years of life, Dianu, but he gave us eternal life. If he had given us eternal life in Pittsburgh, Dianu, but he gave us eternal life in heaven. If he gave us eternal life with angels around us, Dianu, but he gave us his eternal presence with us, with him, forever in heaven. It is part of God's nature to go beyond what is necessary in everything he does. And I hope as believers, people will say about us, if they had just loved us a little, it would have been enough. But they loved us completely and shared not just their goods with us, but their gospel as well. That would be true goodness. And let us show that much goodness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for this day. And we thank you for everything that you have given us, everything that you have shown us. Lord, you have gone beyond what is necessary. Help us to do that too. Help us to be 
good and not better than other people. That's not what I'm trying to say, Lord. Please just help us to be good in your sense of the word. When you say things are good, they truly are good. So, Lord, help us to be good in a way that you agree is good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.